0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Tricia McKinnon as we talk about her work, The Angelic Origins of the Soul. In this work, Tricia, you talk about the landscape of heaven, of people who have died and returned from heaven. Tell us a little bit about that and share some stories.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, you know, I myself have died and gone over to the other side.
0: How old were you when that happened?
1: Uh, it was in 2003. I Jeez. had a surgery, a major surgery that was supposed to take about two and a half hours, and it took four hours, and I died on the operating table. Oh, and, my
0: uh, God. 17 years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, gosh, I can hardly believe it's 17 years. How did that happen? Um, so, yeah, so... Um, You know, people describe many different things uh, about near-death experiences. Some find themselves standing uh, outside of their body looking down at the accident. Some see a tunnel of light and go through the tunnel. Uh, Some actually uh, encounter this angelic being, incredible angelic being of pure love that uh, helps them do a life review. And, of course, if they came back and told us about it, that meant that they got their review, but then they were told it's not time for them to come, and then they get sent back. Some, like my friend Daniel Brinkley, and I know he's your mm-hmm. friend too, get taken into the inner realms where they go to this immense crystal city. Uh, and the city is, um, there are many different levels of heaven. So all the different religions have their own levels of heaven because God will meet us at whatever level our consciousness is. If we're, if we're a Christian and, and it's only about Jesus, and of course I love Jesus. He happens to be one of the great masters I've gotten to work with. That's why I wrote a book about his lost years and secret teachings, but let's just say that's your only um, view of reality. You know, certainly there's a, a heaven where the streets are paved with gold, and you know Jesus meets you in there. People have written books about that, and that's true. There's also like the happy hunting grounds for the Native Americans. There's also um, the higher philosophic heavens, perhaps of the of the Buddhist or the Shinto's or the Hindu teachings. There are many different levels, but there's also you know we're met by our guides. We have at least one usually two sometimes three overlighting guides that agree to support us when we come down and take a a life down here a birth in this world and of course most of us are blissfully unaware of our guides most of the time and i mean i think to myself what a job you know you're sitting in the back seat you can't interfere with the person's free will you're trying to nudge them in the right direction they're not paying any attention to you so it's like you know, it's a really unconditional love-patience test for those guys. Sure, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so what happens is that between lifetimes, we go back up. We have definitely a life review. We meet with our soul family. There's usually 8 to 14, 15, 16 souls that many times we've incarnated with over and over. Uh, we compare stories, and those souls perhaps started off at the same level long, long ago, but, of course, some can get ahead and accelerate and, let us say, become self-realized or God-realized ahead of others in the group. But um, we also have a council. There's a council, depending on the person, of three, five, eight even 12 members, and that our guide will take us before that council many times. And the council is very well aware of what our plan is before we incarnate into the world, into this life. And then when we come back, we, of course, review how do we do. Do we fulfill our contract? Did we do what we set out to do? Or did we fall into drugs or addiction or, you know, pornography or whatever the story was? How do we lose our way? And then, you know, they they um, will help us to figure out a new plan so that the next time we come back and retake the lessons in earth school and perhaps pass the test this time. So what happened for me when I died in 2003 was I, you know, I didn't see the tunnel of light. I wasn't floating above my body, although I know all that's very real. Mm -hmm. I went directly to the council, and I was standing in this large...
0: Did you go there on your own, or were you selected to do that?
1: Well, you know, when I died, I, I, I guess my my guides they knew what was going on for me. At the they
0: time. kind of whisk you in there, don't you?
1: Well, I just I found myself before a group of five luminous uh, beings, and they were humanoid in shape, uh, white uh, gold light, but I could not see any features, and they seemed to kind of be up on a DS. Um, and it was kind of like, like a, a dome chamber, but everything was very ethereal, so, uh, you know, not like third-dimensional. And they were completely telepathic. They totally flooded me with unconditional love. And they said, we really acknowledge you for all the thousands of people that you've helped all over the world. And I said, well, I'm really tired. I, w- I want to come home. And they said, well, well, <laughs> um, Hmm. what will happen if you come now how about all those thousands of people you said that you would help and i don't know how they did it george but they allowed me to go over to the other side and as if i in my consciousness i threw in the towel i went ahead and cashed in my chips i died in the physical
0: wow you weren't coming back were you
1: Right. And 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 what happened is I found myself actually with a a keen disappointment in myself. Like, I realized that I would not fulfill my contract if I died then. And I realized then that every single one of us comes in with a life contract. And if we don't fulfill our contract, we do feel very disappointed with ourselves. And so um, I said I would return. And there are a lot of other things I really received. Again, when I, when I was talking about soul, um, how the soul body transmits information, I received this enormous download of information from them about, you know, what really matters. is not how big is your bank account or how big is your house or how fancy is your car. I know this all sounds like stuff we should know, but it's really about your heart. The heart is the gold, G-O-L-D. It's the gold standard in heaven. How pure is your heart? Who did you help? Who helped you? What good did you do? Who did you love? Who loved you? What difference did your passing through the world make in a positive way for other people? That is what they care about.
0: Is that like the Akashic Records?
1: Well... The Kashuk records are the record of everything that's ever happened. And in the causal body, your personal Kashuk records of all your past lives in the third dimension and the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension are all stored. And this is something Tom and I were talking about between the break. When you become self-realized and God realized, the storehouse of all that good that you have stored up is released to you. Like, if you remember the story of uh, Buddha, when he was under the Bodhi tree and he finally became enlightened,
0: Right. all yeah. of
1: his, all those past lives he had passed before him. Yes. And the masters say that it normally takes about 800 to 1,000 physical incarnations for us to become self-realized or God-realized. And I was telling Tom, you know, I only know of maybe 43 of my past lives at this point. So that may sound like a lot.
0: It does sound like a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but if you figure that you know we've had eight hundred or a thousand, you know, I'm I still got a ways to go. So um, you know, the causal the causal body. Let's just say that you were a musician, you were a poet, you were a philosopher, you were a warrior, you were a healer. And in many of the in all those lifetimes, you did good things, okay. Maybe in some of them you had challenges, you know, heartbreak or loss of children, or um, you know a, a little greed here or a little vanity here. I mean, these are all human things we all go through. No one expects us to be perfect. I mean, we're living in a dualistic world where there's dark and light. We're constantly faced with choices between fear and love, uh, service to self, service to humanity, and trying to find that balance between the two. You know, I always say that the course curriculum down here is about love and power. And if you have love without power, you're like a carpet. And if you have power without love, you're a tyrant. So we have to get both. We have to learn how to manage power without misusing our power or enslaving others or getting into control dramas, you know, because real empowerment is connection with source. That's really what real empowerment is. And you don't have to force your will on anyone, but you carry your power at a centered place from, from the heart, at a grounded place.
0: Trisha, where does negativity fit in with some of this?
1: It is definitely the, uh, the rock upon which our ego, uh, you know, grist for the mill. Suffering is a means to teach us compassion and to teach us humility. Uh, to kind of steer us uh, towards, you know, away from what they call the five passions of the mind, which are anger, lust, greed, vanity, undue attachment, uh, to physical, mental, and emotional and material things. So, you know, negativity is the balance. It's called the cow force, the cow force or the negative force. And as long as we're in the third dimension, we're always going to be dealing with dark and light. The positive force, the negative force, and and by having negativity, we have a, we're presented with a choice. If if we were just up there in those higher worlds where it's all light and love, you know, it's great unity consciousness, but we don't have the same opportunities for lesson learning that we have down here, you know, where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is where. <laughs> This is what I call the PhD program for the soul. You know, some people think we're being punished by being put down here. I think it's quite the opposite. I, I think it's considered to be an act of great courage to come down here. Does
0: everybody face negativity in their life? I think they do, don't they?
1: Everybody. And that can it comes usually in several forms. There's usually betrayal. Most, you know, Carolyn Mace talks about the fact that they're usually three to five betrayals that we have in our life. And they can be from a lover, they can be from a, a parent, they can be from a, a good friend. But, you know, betrayal is a, a, a very tough one. Um, and, and, you know, there I, I talk about in the book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, I talk about The Three Lies of Adi Karma. And Adi Karma is spelled A D I. It means first Karma. In other words, this is not Karma that we earned. In other words, George didn't go out and murder somebody, and then he has to come back and pay the debt. Now, if you did do that, yes, there would be a debt to pay. Sure. Adi Karma is when we're up there in the fifth dimension, and you know we're still in the realms of kind of light and love and. Things are wonderful, and we hear about this beautiful little planet Earth or maybe a planet in the Pleiades or maybe a planet in the Lyran system, you know, where there's sex and drugs and rock and roll, and we're like, we don't know what any of that means, but we're like, we hear it's very exciting to go down there and try it, and we're like, okay, sign me up. I'm ready for an adventure. And they're like, step right up, young soul, and here's your, you know, army issue ego. So embedded within the ego is something called Adi Karma. ADI. Adi karma, first karma. And this is the thing that causes the ego to fall into the illusion that we are separate from God or separate from one another, to fall out of unity consciousness. The soul knows unity consciousness. The ego doesn't. And the ego is very necessary for us to come down here into the third dimension and the fourth dimension and to function. But the more we are able to function from the soul level, then the ego becomes the servant of the soul. But for a lot of people walking around on the planet, the soul is in the backseat, you know, and the ego is driving the wagon, and (coughs) the ego isn't listening to the soul one bit. So... The three lies of Adi Karma are, we all have at least one of them. They only give us one to start, but of course we can add the others as we go along, which makes life even more difficult. But the first one is, I'm not worthy to be loved by God, or by fill-in-the-blank, by my mother, by Mm -hmm. my father, by my wife, by my children. You know, we play it out down here in the physical world, but it's ultimately about our relationship with God. But
0: that's a negative approach, too, isn't it? That they're yes. not worthy
1: yes exactly well that causes us to fall into sadness and so this is a, it's a lie it's not true we of course are worthy if we weren't worthy we wouldn't be allowed to exist you know but this is the illusion this is the maya that the ego falls beneath in order to be heavy enough to come down into the third dimension